Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. All right, so we are in episode five of the Care Pod. Today, I have the honor of sitting with Jennifer Black of First 24 Bereavement Concierge Services. And this is a really specialized and needed niche of services that she offers to families that are entering that bereavement space. It's a, it's a sacred time. And I wanted to have the opportunity to sit with her today to talk about her why, how she got here, uh, what drives her to continue in this space, etc. So thank you for taking the time to sit with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's an honor. I'm so honored <laughs> to be doing here. Thank you so much. So tell me about yourself. Tell me about how you got here. Well, I am, uh, I'm from Jersey. I'm a native of Jersey. I was born here, still live here. I went to school in Maryland. I actually majored in computer science. Can you believe that? Okay. I am married. I have a seven-year-old daughter and I, I just, I love God. I love God, I love what I do, I love helping people. Uh, so that's just a little bit about me before going into what I do. Absolutely, so tell me what um, prompted you or pushed you essentially into uh, finding this niche of helping those who are you know, suffering a loss essentially. Tell me about your business. Well, it, it was birthed as a result of my own loss. Uh, my family back in, starting in about 2011, had multiple back, back deaths unexpectedly. And, and I'm really close with my family. My father has uh, 11 siblings. My mother has seven. And so there were, they were passing away and, and unexpectedly in different states. And we were grieving, obviously, but we also had to plan. And so as we were doing that, things, as I always say, fell through the cracks because we were not in a good headspace, yet we still had to do the planning. And it was kind of like, how do you do this? You know, as a result, unfortunately, because we weren't in our right frame of mind, we were taken advantage of by the funeral home. Uh, that was devastating also. It was at a point, I was just, I'm just like, God, how do people do this? How do people do this? And he said, you're going to be the one to assist them because I was already helping my family doing as much as I could. And I was doing it effortlessly because I'm just like, my aunts need help. I'm really close with them. I'm going to do it. I'm on the phone with medical examiners, have no idea what I'm talking about. Police officers, just, I didn't know what I was doing. And so, but I didn't, it wasn't taxing on me. I was still able to do it and not get overwhelmed. So I'm like, hmm, I think about that now. And so God birthed the business first 24 bereavement concierge services to ensure no family has to go through that alone, making sure they're not being taken advantage of, making sure that their affairs are in order with their consent, of course, so they are able to grieve properly and not have to worry, not have that pressure about who's doing what and who's getting paid and who's not and the flowers and all. It's just so much that goes into funeral planning and just so much that goes into things you have to do and tasks that need to be cleaned be completed, excuse me, after the loss of a loved one. And you don't, sometimes you don't know until you're in it, right? Like yeah. I, I would have hired me if I knew about this, but I knew it was nobody but God that, that gave me this because even when I did the research, I didn't find companies that did exactly what I did. It was, and it was very informal. And, and my clients, they're my family. 
when we take them on board, it's like we're we're doing everything we can to ensure that they that they're good. So take me from this first twenty four hours. So I suffer a loss, then one. How do you show up? How do you come in? And, and I'm glad you asked that because most people don't. That's why it's, it's the name of it is first twenty four because we're there within the first twenty four hours of your loved one passing away. You will contact us. Death is not convenient. So whether it's one in the morning, one p.m. We're there and then we will go over what exactly you need because everybody is different. You know, there are some especially persuasive family members that say, oh, no, we can do it. We can do it. And so you can't. So you break down when you're ordering the flowers and you're because it's too much. It's too overwhelming. So we come to you. We find out what exactly you need, how we can assist you. Um, and then you designate. Well, OK, so let me say this. You can designate someone to either work with us or you can work directly with us just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, and then we just go over what you need. I'll, I can go to the funeral home with you. Most of my clients I do because they're just like, can you just meet me there? Can you contact them? And so we'll meet with the, the funeral home. We'll go over different things and, you know, talk about the, the services and everything you need to start getting done. We, we will find a venue for you. If you don't have one, we'll find a, even find a funeral home for you if you don't have one in mind. Because you can shop around. Don't think you need to use your grandmom's, grandmom's, grandmom's funeral home. They, they don't change owners. Who knows? You know, so we get you. We'll go with you to the funeral home. After that, we're just communicating back and forth or I'm communicating with some of your, as I call them, the home team or the designated person to say, OK, the venue, then I make contact with the venue. And if you want to repass, I'm contacting wherever you want that. And just kind of you, you can think about it as planning a wedding. But the opposite, yeah, right? all those it. things mm-hmm. that you need for a wedding. You need music, you need clothing, you need flowers, you need, there's things you need. So I'm doing those things for you. So you're able to lay low and pretty much just show up at the funeral. Wow. And so did you find that you needed that in your own loss? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, there were times now, not for me, because I knew that God gifted me for this, but even some of my aunts and some of the other family members that are helping, it was just too much. It was just too overwhelming. Things wouldn't get done. So then I would intervene and somehow complete the task because it was, it's just so straining. And so, and you, and you want to, I think a lot of times we try to count on other family members to assist us, but they're grieving too, you know, and although they may be able to do some tasks, there may be some things that are too, just a little too sensitive for them. And and again, you may not know until you actually start to do it. Mm -hmm. And so do you offer this prior to death? Let's say someone is in hospice or say they're not in a dire or crisis situation, but they are saying, you know what, I don't want to face these questions alone. I, I deal even myself like I don't want to have the conversation. I went to a funeral home years ago and I said, I want to purchase this plot. And that was enough. Yeah. But that took a lot of brute strength just for me to get to that conversation. So do you get ever in a space where you say, you know, I'm going to sit with you proactively to say, these are the items that are going to come up when the time comes. Do you have times beyond or pre-24 hours that you say, I'm going to sit with a client and say, these are, this is an itemized list of things that you need to start thinking about to have in place? I love that question, Dr. Bill. And thank you for your transparency because most people will not admit that. And we do. So we help we help with your affairs before and after loss of a loved one. What does that mean? Uh, most people think, for the most part, you know, 
vote. Let's get our your last will and testament into that going, get your life insurance, review what you already have. Um, I'm about to actually come out with, with a course called Family uh, Prep 101 because to help people have the conversation. I'm a millennial, then you have your, I think they're Gen Zs, right? Our parents are getting older and there are people having children at an older age. They don't know what to do. And even though things may be set up for them, the life insurance, right? The last one, even living wills, health directors, right? They don't know what to do. And so I wanna change that narrative and have the conversation, not for death to be spooky, you have to change your mindset about it. It is for whoever you're leaving here, whether that's your children, whether you have children, whether that's a spouse, grandparents, a niece or nephew you got custody of, you have to think about it that way. They're gonna be here when you're no longer here. So the longer that we take to, oh man, I don't wanna talk about it, or I don't wanna get that in order because you know people think that they're, you know, you're rushing death. They're ushering it in, yeah. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna talk, I don't, I don't wanna manifest that, but that that's not it, it's just being prepared and being proactive because if you don't do that, I can't tell you how many times I've seen chaos and confusion divide a family because no, I'm getting this. No, she said this because you think this one thinks she wants this and this one thinks she wants that and we can't find the life insurance policy. Now we have to gather up money and then people are mad because they have to gather up money and you have to do all those different things. So yes, we have preparations where people want to review with it. You know, can we, can we just have a consultation to see what happens? Cause I want people to get me beforehand. So that way, once something does happen, I'm coming yeah, right in. Does. I'm already aware of what's happening. I'm already aware of what you need. There's one client, she said her, her both of her parents have Alzheimer's. Her father passed away and she's, she already told me, okay, all right, you already know what it is. I already signed you up. So when something does happen, we will be calling you. So that's what I want people to do because I want to prepare you the best way that I can. Now, again, you don't know how you're going to feel until it happens, even if it's anticipated. So even if they, you know, have cancer or some type of illness, you, even though you are expecting their death, you don't know how you're going to feel after that. You may say, oh, I have all the planning ready. And then you just can't get out of bed. To answer your question, yes, we do have those services where we are trying to prepare you for it, but I, but not in a spooky, trying to bring it on you kind of way. It's more so educating you, informing you, okay, let's do this. You know, your 16-year-old son, He's not thinking about that, but if you say, all right, I have this, this, this in the fireproof safe and my, my policy is in my closet. I have it on a hard drive. This is for you. Then that is like preparing them. It's kind of like, you know, how they have drills for kids at my daughter's school. They have, she's like, we, we had a drill today for a fire. Okay. We yeah. had a drill today for an invasion. You want to just prepare. That's the way to think about it. Absolutely. You know, with impactful caregiving, that's what it is. It's a meaningful exchange it's sitting down to have difficult questions addressed in a safe and sacred space. So I definitely applaud you in this space. Uh, I'd love to partner with you to do a collaborative effort, even in, in our Facebook group and in our International Caregiver Exchange, because it is important to face the music, you know, to face the music. I oftentimes counsel families to say, listen, Molly wants to put Harry in a home and she lives in Rhode Island, and Sally lives with Harry. You know, Sally and Molly are not on the same page. They're siblings. We need to see who is good in a crisis, who's the organizational person, who is best to navigate the healthcare system, et cetera, so that, again, knowing our strengths and weaknesses. You know, what bothers me now kind of in this I, I think what has been an obstacle for me in planning 
is that, okay, so I, I went to this said funeral, a, a burial site years ago. Honestly, I don't even know if I still have the plot because I never even executed the payments because I just, I very much felt like I would be ushering in death for my aging loved one. But now it's peace and solace in honoring your loved one and the fact that a lot of these cemeteries, you can't put up a tombstone because they have to mow the grass or there's different obstacles. Have you had clients say have certain preferences around that or how do you help them navigate a proper burial site that both will honor them and their loved one? There's oftentimes I think, wow. Such and such, I've probably had a death in my family from for every age that I've been alive. I'm 47. And so it's not, uh, my uncle was a mortician at a very, would probably freak some people out, but I was in the embalming room for my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So it's not a scary space for me. But yet when it comes to my own mom, I've been saying for years, just throw me in a hole somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think, wow, like so many people have died and it's not like I go, you know, you mm-hmm. go for a time, but then you, you don't go. So, and then there's this kind of active cremation that I see some families do or Facebook ad that's like, oh, plant me, I'll be a tree, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, what has been your experience with clients over time in that space? Well, let me first say, I'm not a big fan of purchasing plots like years before. That That is one area of preparation that I'm not big on because things change. You change. You evolve. My mother, for years, I want to be buried. I, this is where I want to be buried. I want to be buried. And then when we just did all of her arrangements, probably a year ago, she was talking about cremation. So I'm like, things change. People change, right? You never know. So I'm not, I've never been big on the plot things. Also, because of certain funeral homes, not all of them, you know, I just feel like the, the, the pricing and all of that, I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I would need to be there with you. <laughs> but uh, oh, you mean that, in terms of pre-planning costs yes, and stuff. Yes, gotcha. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So mm-hmm. if it's done right, I'm all for it. But most of the time it is not. So I would want to go with you to kind of fill that out. However, to answer your question, as far as the way they want, you know, my clients in the way that they want to, I guess, leave this earth, however you want to say it. I've gotten a mixture. So there have been burials. Uh, there are some people who are very, and I mean very adamant and very, for lack of a better word, serious, as you should be, right, about the burial. I'm talking from the flowers to the the position, if there's dirt on there, you know, they're very, because this is their way of, this is like their last hurrah for them. So everything needs to be perfect, right? There are some that are just like, whatever, it's fine. They're not there. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. There are some people saying, I want to be cremated. My husband, his his father passed away in April. He was cremated and they all have locked him and his siblings. They all have locked lockets with his ashes in it. They have like, he was a big Eagles football fan. So they have this really nice urn where there's a helmet that turns. So that's good for them. Some people are like, no, I'll just take the burial and it's fine. Some people will go to the burial and I mean, they're strategic with it every month. I'm cleaning it off, putting yeah. stuff there. Those mm-hmm. the undertaker, like, you know, they take that stuff really seriously. So everybody's different, but I've had, I've had a good mixture of that. I'm, I haven't had anyone that wants to plant it yet, <laughs> but actually my mom talked about that. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not forcing you to do anything you don't want to do. However you want to go out, it's how you want to go out. So that's been my experience. It's been more cremation lately. It was horrible when the pandemic first came because there was a delay. You know, the hospitals were so filled, the, the, the funeral homes, there were bodies everywhere. And I had even veterans that we had to wait. We had a memorial service for them because it took so long for them to find somewhere to put them. And it just took so long for their bodies to be, you know, the funeral homes were backed up. It was, it was really, really sad. So they were forced to have memorials and forced to bury, um, forced to cremate. It, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a good mixture of things, but always trying to honor what that person wanted. That's another reason why it's also important to tell your family what you want, because I think it's just horrible to have a service, a memorial, and it doesn't reflect the person. I've been to a few of those, and I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. This was not this person's life. So you want to make sure it reflects, and they know, no, I want to be creative. No, I, I, I want to be buried. I want to be in a church. I know my husband doesn't want to be have his service in a church. He's very adamant about that. So you have to make, and I can't do it because I want it in a church, right? That would just be dishonoring his request. So, you know, I think it's very important, again, to your point, that it's important to say what you want and it's not and it's not a morbid thing it's just kind of like a request yeah it's uh and so the tree thing does exist like it does Mm -hmm. interesting so do you serve just new jersey or what if there's somebody how do you navigate your services so yeah, in terms of the first 24, you have to be there in 24. Right. So I don't limit myself. And I know with the first 24, if I can't get to you physically, you know, I'm in Jersey. So can I get to Texas or whatever, you know, how flights are going in, in the pandemic? I can't, realistically, I can't do that. But that's why we have technology. And I love technology because even when I go with my families, most of the time, probably 85% of the time, I'm on the phone with the funeral home. We're going back and forth. No, they want this. No, they want that. So it's really no different. Even if you live out of state, I'm still there for you. Uh, and I will fly out. I will fly out uh, if you need me on the funeral, on the day of the funeral. But for the most part, it's a lot of communication via phone and email with the different vendors involved, the funeral home, the florist, the, uh, you know, if you're having a DJ or the venue. It's a lot, most of that is, is, is virtually or, you know, it's electronic, computer, email, all of those things, but mm-hmm. I will service any, any state. Mm-hmm. And so do you, so you have a price point for pre-planning through end of life or end or uh, end of life services or how does that work? Right. So yes, I do have pre-planning services, pricing, depending on, you know, do I, you know, if we're re- reviewing your life insurance policy. And although I am an agent, I, and I did that because I wanted to make sure I understood the pop, the language for my clients, uh, I may need to send that off to someone to look at. So it depends on the depth, how, how much you need to get into. You know, do you need an attorney? Do you need me to refer you to an attorney? Because of I'm not an attorney. I'm not a real estate agent. You know, so that's why I'm a concierge, because even though I can't do what I can, I can't do everything. Yeah, I'm sure that I, I show you the way and I show you who it is. You know, think about a vacation. You know, you go to concierge. What, what's the best restaurant? Where do we go ziplining? You know, so that's how concierge came about, because I'm going to make sure that you're good. I'm not a therapist. I'm a certified grief coach. Right. So I know that I help move forward. Therapists, they, they deal with the past. So I know we have a consultation. Nope, you're still stuck there. I refer you to someone. You know, I do have price points, but it's all dependent upon what you need. Um, I, don't, I, I haven't had a client that went from the pre-services to, to the end all the way, the after, afterwards. And that's why I'm saying I want to get the education out about 
getting me before that, right? So there's other things we could do to prepare. So it's not like, although we're ready for it, it's just better. It it just makes the it just makes the transition easier, especially with other family members, because they don't know me, right? They're gonna be like, well, who's that? What that that always happened. Well, we can do that ourselves, you know. So if I'm there beforehand, you get a better feeling and you look and you let them know who I am and how I'm there to help. Well, I would love to get a family to volunteer. I'm going to see if we can get a family to volunteer in the Facebook group and partner together to showcase the walkthrough. I think to chronicle it, to video it each step of the way, I think is, and I mean, I'm talking about in the pre-planning stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important, an invaluable service that you offer. I love the Lord too. I make no bones about that. Uh, but in the marketplace now, how do you deal with families that, you know, you might get a Jewish family or you may get a Buddhist family or an atheist or, you know, someone that doesn't subscribe to your own belief system. How do you navigate that in terms of assisting them in that space? Uh, well, I, I'll assist them, you know, Muslims, everybody, I, I will assist them. I, of course, I will not hide my God and, and who I serve. Right. And it's all about, and that's why I don't, I don't promote it in no shade or anything to anybody that does. I'm not like a Christian bereavement concierge service. Am I Christian? Yes. Right. But I don't promote it that way. Am I a wife? Yes. But I'm like, not, I don't see the wife, you know, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I do that purposely because all in all, Dr. Bell, I, this service is to bring people to Christ, right? In the way of healing, in the way of helping you during such a devastating time. It's also to bring families together because, you know, death has a way of bringing the good, bad, and the ugly. There's a lot of chaos and confusion. Even if you do have affairs and orders, there's a lot of unforgiveness, bitterness, right? And so we're all coming together because essentially we have to, right? Because someone passed away and there's so much discord in the family and so my prayer always is that people feel the love and they feel the comfort and the peace of God without me saying I'm saved sanctified you know like I want to do it in my actions and so eventually they will ask me where does that where you know where does that strength come from you know that they will do that right and they have done that and so I don't press it on them I don't pressure it on them but they feel the, the seed has been planted excuse me in them somehow some way whether they are Jewish whether they are Muslim whether they are an atheist right because I want to, God was strategic in the way he gave me this business. And so I make sure that when I do with deal, do deal with different families, they, they don't get turned off because, you know, they think that I'm going to, I don't know, Jesus them to death or whatever. They, they think yeah, yeah. that like, I'm, I, I won't give them a chance or work with them because they are of a different religion uh, and serve a different God. So that is my, I want them. I welcome them. Mm-mm. How has this business changed who you are? How have you evolved? I also, it's made me, because I, I am very, um, I'm a straightforward, you know, strong woman, right? But it really has helped me be a little softer, which is a good thing. And it's helped me really be in tune with my own grief, right? Because we grieve people who are no longer here physically, but we also grieve other things, you know, divorce, loss of a job, loss of a business, you know, weight gain things of late weight loss. We, we deal with those things. So I, it has helped me be able to grieve unapologetically and, and implement self-care more, right? And not be ashamed or feel like I'm weak because I need to feel what I feel while I heal, as I say. 
right? And so it, it has helped me just to come uh, really embrace my grief, really embrace who I am and God and be able to say, hey, it's okay not to be okay. I don't have to be everything for everybody and that's okay. That's what it's done for me. And, and I'm evolving more and more as you know, I get older and I'm, I'm doing this business. And I'm dealing with uh, all kinds of people with different personalities. Mm-hmm. And how do you lighten up? How do you shed the weight of this? What? How do you balance the weight of what you do with levity? What do you do for fun? I, well, self-care to me, and that's how people, <laughs> is one of the self-cares to me is sitting in a Target parking lot with the IC and people watching. That just gives me joy. Uh, I love to vacuum. That gives me peace and th- like it just calms me. I also love spending time with uh, my my husband and my daughter and of course my friends. I'm really huge on that. You know, just really being able to sit still sometimes and just sit and do nothing. Like just sit and just be able to meditate on, you know, God's word and just his promises in my life. And that really, that helps me because I'm always on the go. Always on the go. Uh, the pandemic really helped slow me down because my church, you know, we, everything was shut down. So it really can help me connect better with my family, with, with my with my marriage and help me to learn how to balance. Um, and, and with the grief, you know, like I had a funeral on Saturday and that was tough. That was very, very heavy. And so when I get home, I just kind of sit still. I let myself do whatever it's going to do because I don't really cry at the funerals. So I just let myself, whether that's crying or I don't know, wailing, whatever, uh, sitting still. So I kind of digress afterwards and, you know, I get something sweet to eat and just watch like a good show. And that helps me kind of drop it. Because even when I get home, I tell my husband to get my daughter because I just can't, I can't really see anybody or anything right after, you know, I just see Yeah, yeah, to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I when I look at you, I'm like, I would definitely anticipate needing that sense of strength because I'm a crier. So I cry <laughs> if there's a Hallmark commercial. Like it doesn't take <laughs> much for me to start with the tears. So <laughs> you know, having that strength during the difficult time is is important too. Uh, anything that I I haven't asked that you'd like to share? I do want to share that. We're also there with you after the funeral. I don't really put a, a uh, time frame on that because grief really hits hard. And the reality, your new your new normal starts after that funeral. People are not coming over, bringing sandwiches and paper towels. People are going back to their own lives. You are going back to a life without your loved one. And that's just the reality of it. And so we help you. We're still in contact with you. Like I still text and call my clients periodically, especially, you know, holidays. Ooh. Holidays, birthdays, I kind of just check on them and, and and see how things are going. And so, you know, we help you with that. We help you go through their things. That's also very hard. Now, for some people, it may be comforting, right? Like, oh, their sweater. But for some people, they're just like, I can't deal with it. I can't see it. I can't. I, there's a scent. There's a scent. I can't. Right? So we can help with that if you if that's something you want us to help you with or we recommend that you get family to help you with that. Uh, also, you know, thank yous and, and just helping you after the fact and helping you, perhaps you want to try therapy or you want to try a support group. Everybody's different and you may not need that right after, but we are there to help you just to say, oh, you think you're ready now? Do you want to try it? Are you, you know, not a pressure something and not kind of like forcing you, but just 
kind of giving you options because when people say to people who've lost someone, if you need anything, call me. They're not calling you. They're just not going yeah. to do it. They may yeah. need you, but they're not going to do it. So you have to be the one to, um, and I say this for people who are supporting those who are dealing with grief, keep trying. You know, I mean, don't be too much, but don't don't just leave them because you think they need some time. Just keep checking in, you know, send them, send them just send them lunch, Uber Eats or a postcard or a really nice email to let them know you're thinking of them because no one understands what they're going through. Everybody's grief is different. Even if I lost my grandmother, you lost yours, it doesn't make ours the same because it's just different. It's yeah. different for everybody. So, you know, give yourself some grace and, you know, we want to be there for you because we understand that it doesn't just go away. You go, you go through grief. It doesn't just stop. Yeah, that's amazing. You go through grief. I think, yeah, the two things that you said that were very profound, going through grief and also where you men- mentioned about that we all grieve different things. That's that's profound as well. Like we talk about grief and loss in terms of physicality, but uh, we don't speak to it in terms of, you know, again, emotion, life transitions, et cetera. So um, yeah, amazing, amazing time to spend with you. I really appreciate your Thank time. You. Tell us, Tell us how we get to you and all of it. Okay, so... The website is www.first, so it's the, the number one and then an ST, and then the number 24.com. So www.first24.com. Also, you can find me on, on all the social media platforms, Jennifer D, as in Denise Black. So Jennifer D. Black, you'll find me all over, so you don't have to keep putting your verse 24, because I understand so long. <laughs> so if you go to like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're on there. Uh, Jennifer D. Black will lead you to the first 24 page. And you'll see that they mirror each other. You'll see what I do and, and why I do it and, and why I'm so passionate about it. And what area of Jersey are you in? I'm in South Jersey in Williamstown. Oh, okay, very right. good. Great information, right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.